Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Big 12 disinformation campaign has assembled. Uh, Big 12 Anon is here. It's the Neighborhood Watch. I am Josh Neighbors. John Kurtz is here from the KC Sports Network. We have a obviously a big a big topic to discuss. Oh, I'm getting echo. Are you getting echo? Well, I, I heard a, an echo for just a second there. Yeah. Oh, one second. Let's see. Hopefully. All right, chat. Let me know if there's an echo. You all can let me just let me know. Um, whoa, big echo. Look at that. All right. Anyway, John, we're here. Uh, obviously, we got the big news today. Colorado is going to be joining the Big 12 Conference. It was a unanimous vote. It went, it went very well. It went very cleanly. Uh, basically, they showed up and they said, hey, we're here. We're joining the league. It's time for a change. Not too much of a surprise there, but um, I think I want to start with this because we've been covering this thing for a long, long time. You know, no surprise at all. Oh, let's see what it is there. Uh, no surprise at all with any of this. And that is because like we've been following the story. This makes sense that it was time for Colorado or some school to look to, at you know what's happening, look in the mirror and say, okay, we need to make a change. We need to do something because what we're getting from the Pac-12 is not just insufficient, but actually just nothing, right? Uh, there's, there's actually nothing there to really look at. And Colorado was pretty emphatic, I think, last week in saying, look, we need numbers. We need them now. And I'm sure you read Ross Dellinger's piece. He, he basically said uh, Rick George piecing out was a pretty big sign. And Ross was right. He kind of read the tea leaves there. Colorado makes the move in short order to leave the, the Pac-12 and join the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, just big picture here to take like the big picture view of it. You, you are so right in that like every step of the way it's felt like, I mean, everything logically is pointing toward this not being a TV deal that's coming together well, uh, leadership problems, miscommunication between Klievkov and the presidents, Klievkov going out and just saying ridiculous things. Someone just reminded me of it. I saw in the receipts thread that I had going on Twitter of, that he said at one point that that they were going to catch the SEC and Big Ten in terms of revenue. Like there had just been so many of these things where you're like, this this is not clicking. Like this guy is does not know what he's doing. He's in over his head. This is not going to work. Like what is happening here? And And, and yet – you still had this, you know, I know they, the, the PAC 12 side has said it's a big 12 disinformation campaign. I mean, really what it looks like now is that you had folks on the other side that were just really carrying water for the league, trying to cover for yes. them being very incompetent in the way that all this was being handled. And and now it's, it's that to me is like the, the vindication here. It's, I mean, it's a lot, it's very layered. I mean, I've been around 
obviously I've been a K-State fan forever. And I, I can remember covering as an intern at Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City, some of the meetings in 2010. Like I remember waiting for Tom Osborne for like five hours outside of a boardroom. <laughs> I think it was some room in a hotel. Um, but anyway, so I, I've experienced this a lot. And all It's great to have a win and be on the other side of it for a number of reasons. But one of the most vindicating things was just like, I felt like what I was getting on the mic and saying twice a week was like, just what made sense if you're following the situation. Yes, yes. Um, not really. I, I mean, yes, of course, like I have a vested interest in the Big 12 and I don't hide the fact that I'm a I'm a Big 12 fan. I'm a K-State fan and I want my school to succeed and all these things. But I also thought like if you're just a sane, rational person, what has been happening makes sense. And yet you had this campaign that kind of makes you like check yourself and be like, I don't. I mean, really, like I John Wilner, like I do. I respect him. He's a legit journalist. Right. Canzano, much different, but like, I don't, this is so strong coming from that side. Like what it, it really gives you. It's like sometimes when you you're arguing with somebody and you're like, man, I'm like 99% sure what I just said is correct, but they are so <laughs> vehemently saying it back to you that you're wrong, that you're like doing mental inventory. Like, okay, am I actually right? Like well, even I today, the trading up comment, right? Uh, I mean, they can, like, that was kind of the end. That was the end of the line for me where I was like, okay, like not that I needed, we needed more validation, but you would, you don't want to tweet it out. And it was the idea that the big 12 disinformation campaign. And I actually think this is, this is a key. And you mentioned your you were covering this as an intern, even before me. Right. So this, this league being on weak footing was not something unfamiliar to this league right? They have bled schools before. They had lost schools before. And so watching them lose schools, re-solidify, lose schools again, re-solidify, and then watching this happen to the Pac-12 in real time was like, the, they, they're missing here. They're, they're not where the Big 12 is. The Big 12 was ahead of them. And there is, I think, legitimate conversation and debate about whether the Big 12 could have gotten more money when they got their television deal, but Brett Yormark went for the safe deal. And then all we heard as time ticked down on the length of the PAC 12, you know, remaining television deal was that they still feel pretty good about beating the big 12. They feel very good about it. People are still talking about it. You know, you have to, you have to watch this. It's very possible. And even last week, John, I'm, you know, I'm not sure self doubt crept in, but I'm like, am I, am I the dumbest person alive? when I'm watching this thing happen and I'm like, wait, why, why all of a sudden are they more valuable? Cause the clock is ticked on them even further. It just, I didn't take a whole lot of economics classes. I passed AP. I barely passed AP econ in high school. I didn't take any in college, but supply and demand, right. Just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then we get this and it's like, Oh yeah, this, this was always what he, what we thought it was. They kind of missed their chance when they got the offer. The big 12 did. And they said no. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You mentioned the, the Big 12 having been through this a bunch of times. I mean, it kind of looks now you're like there are things that have come out where you look at it and like, and it's just kind of like rookie mistakes by the Pac-12 here a little bit. Like a, yes. a league that was not used to dealing with that and a league that I think the other X factor here legitimately is like a lot of hubris and arrogance in the in the Pac-12 that has carried the day a little bit too much for them. And they they've not been humbled. Like the Big 12 has been humbled many times. The Big 12 knows exactly yeah. how – how close it can be to death. There have been near-death experiences here. The Pac-12 had not experienced that. And I just think that they, you know, I mean, like what really strikes me on that front is the comment that came out from 
Canzano's piece, at least what I could read of it, which was like, or maybe he had even tweeted it, but an AD quote that said like, ah, I don't know. Colorado was just in the meeting the other day, like said everything was fine. I don't get how this happened. And it's like, I mean, how, come on, man. Have you not, have you just been, has your head been in the sand since 2010? Like with how realignment has operated in this kind of modern era? Like, no, right. Of course they were saying that. Like, and then literally Colorado deeped them in the same day yesterday, they go to a Pac-12 meeting where they're getting an up, another update from Klyevkov, whatever the hell that means at this point, and they go sit through it like everything's fine, and then by the end of the day, it's out that they're leaving. Like it just they, they got played like suckers, and I think it's a combination of arrogance and inexperience, and it just makes – I mean, it just makes some of the quotes that have come out throughout this whole thing look so bad. I mean, layup is the term that – uh, I would tag on to what you were talking about there. They thought it would be so easy to beat the Big 12. It was deemed a layup. You know, we saw that a couple of times, comments like that to Canzano. And that's a part of it to circle back to the the first point of just, you know, feeling like we're crazy maybe. It just – it was set up to where the rhetoric was very strong on both sides and amplified. I would still say ratcheted up by the Pac-12 because their response was so from Kliakov down ever since he made the comment about, hey, we're not sure if we're going shopping there. That set the tone for them on that side that they were going to be so emphatic that anything suggesting that they were in a little bit of trouble was wrong, that it just you knew one way or the other. It was like this cannot end somewhere in the middle. It is going to end with one side looking very stupid. So when you question, right. like, hey, am I the stupid one here? It's because it just that was the way it was going to inevitably end. Like somebody was going to come out looking really stupid. And that's why, I mean, you really have not seen there has not been a lot of pushback that I have seen from Pac-12 country on Twitter over the last 48 hours, 36 hours, 20, whatever. Like they, I mean, they're cooked. They're they're pretty much cooked. Like they they yeah. knew it. And I'm not even saying like the league necessarily at this point, although it might be. But as far as like where the, the discourse is on this and the argument, I mean, it's over. It's over. Like Brett, right. Brett Hallmark won that thing. Yeah. And, and here's the funny part about this was, you know, when it came to the actual deal itself, like I always thought the rational folks involved and you and I, I think we feel like we're pretty rational. Like we always said, if the PAC 12 kept not even matched, kept this thing within striking distance. And to me, I always thought like $6 million was striking distance. I'm not a money person. I'm not in those rooms, but I'm like, man, if we start getting close to 10, I feel like that's a problem, right? I, I feel like we start just as somebody who's a simpleton, you know, seven figure, you know, uh, I guess, what is it? Uh, seven is, 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 you know, single millions. Eight is tens of millions. If we start approaching eight figures, that's where I started to get a little, a little bit dicey. They never even got that. They never even got like the chance to assess, right? So there is, you know, there's evaluating the two situations, and there's not even having a chance to evaluate. And it feels like they never even Colorado even got the chance. And that's why we were saying like, look, you, you, you kind of have to make a call. And I think you and I talked about this too, but if you're not joining the big 10 or the sec, you are a hundred percent taking a risk it in the way, the way college sports is going right now and college football, especially those two leagues are head and shoulders ahead of everybody else in terms of monetary value. If you're not joining those leagues, you are taking a risk. But it seems like Colorado didn't even get the chance to make a calculation because they weren't actually getting the numbers. And at that point, you do have to make a call. And I will. I think the one thing that is interesting about this is that Colorado, and I think John Wilner mentioned in his latest piece, the Big 12 DNA, that's what made the call for them a little bit easier, right? Yeah. They know this conference 
it's the devil that you do know in some ways, as my as my colleague Jack McKenzie was saying in some ways. And so I think that's why it makes sense as Colorado to be the first domino. Do you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it definitely helps, especially in terms of just like the landscape of where they're going to be going in the league. But I, I will say, I mean, the league that they're joining right now in so many ways is drastically different than the league that they left when they left it in, in 2010. Like, I mean, so much different. And that is where I think it, it it's the combination of at least having a little bit of sense of familiarity with some of these schools that you're going to be playing and then at the same time realizing this is not Dan Beebe leading this thing anymore. I mean, the, the leadership is so much different. The vibe of the conference, the strength of the conference is so much different. And I think dude, all you got to do is look at Bray Ormark's official statement that got put out right after that to realize how much different it is right now. I mean, he channels the Michael Jordan comeback press release to just say literally like a, the, the only statement it literally it came in my inbox which was hilarious <laughs> See, here, I got email. the email. I'm like yeah. oh my god it's official email from the big 12 conference it just says here's the official statement from Brett Yormark on Colorado returning they're back and that's it I mean he's a G man he's a boss and uh and that that leadership I think has been it's been made very apparent to everybody just how strong Brett Yormark is in the, in that department like to the point where you know, we hear some of this like Washington chatter. I mean, I think that's, you know, there are a lot of things playing into that. They have some financial struggles of their own. And I think they need to know that they're going to be able to make at least that, that kind of second tier college athletics money for sure. But also they're, they're looking at Brett Yormark, man. He is such a huge reason for all of this because he has been such a strong dynamic leader and made all the right moves when Cleo Cobb and company have made all the wrong moves. And when I talk about leadership, one thing Colorado knows from the fact that they have experienced the big 12 before they know what bad leadership looks like, and that is what the Big 12 used to be. And right now, that's George Klyevkov. Reactionary, they lose USC and UCLA. They decide to table the expansion thing. They've now put themselves into a horrible hole with San Diego State. Like, if that's going to be the emergency, we need to add it, a team back here. Well, now you're on the hook for $34 million somehow in all of that when you could have solved this a lot easier had you just added them before trying to do this non-existent TV deal. I mean, it just – missteps all over the place for this league and it goes back also to and this is something i will give credit to like john wilner for he's been pretty steadfast in this whole process leadership from the presidential level in the pac-12 has been awful for a long time i mean there, there yeah. were guys that uh really uh enabled larry scott uh, particularly like arizona state looking at you i mean arizona state has been very averse to coming to the big 12 in large part i think because like some of those roots go back to the president there being buddy buddy and cozied up with Larry Scott, who's one of the worst things that's happened to a conference in college athletics in a long time. They're just idiots. I mean, I'm so, when it comes to athletics, clearly they're very academically smart and they love to let you know that. But when it comes to academic or athletics and how all this is going to work, they've really screwed themselves. And th that is the group that hired George Klievkov. That is the group that I would tell you got a little bit duped by him in the first place. And they've been duped by him so many times throughout this whole process, which is why the loudest drum that I've beaten through this whole thing is not that hey, I think Pac-12 schools are just like clamoring to come to truck stop country and, and join the Big 12 because that's not it. But it was right. they're going to get forced to because the guy that is leading them is constantly misleading them, making bad decisions and just flat out like lying and saying dumb reactionary things behind a mic. And he couldn't even stop himself from doing it last week uh, on on the eve yeah. basically of the Colorado focus on football comment. Yes. Right. It's, 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 it's bad. And, he, and here's what I'll say. You mentioned the leadership thing. And I think this is, this is important. This is, this is part of the subtext here. And, and because I think like the political part of this does, does have to matter. Right. 
Brett Yormark, you and I joked about it. The Tim Cook style speech that he gave at Big 12 Media Days. No podium, back and forth, ran an ad, said, let's see that again. It was Kendall Roy. It was Living Plus. But that that disconnect actually is what makes this thing work. Is that he said this like like verbatim. He goes, I watched one season of college football and I'm hooked. I don't believe it. Does it matter? Not really. Does it actually really matter? It does not really matter. The guy's a, clearly a basketball fan, which I think is very good. He's got people in a circle who I think are more football adjacent, if you will, right? Football concern, which he can lean on. And he looks at this conference for what it is, a TV product. And he looks at it for what it is in comparison to everybody else, right? In comparison to the Big Ten, in comparison to the SEC, to the ACC, to the Pac-12. He knows what this thing is and what it isn't by speaking to the people that he knows and power the TV companies. And I say, I think that that's why you have to trust his leadership because the, the ADs and presidents brought him in because he is different, because he is not like them. They do not like all of his ideas. We know this for sure. We know this from K-State's AD Gene Taylor. He has been pretty honest being like, yeah, like we don't love everything he says, but it's, it is a match not made in heaven but a match that makes sense for this league. And if you're Washington, I think you or Oregon, you have to think like this guy does understand some of our values. He actually might be from more of our, our value space, if you will. Uh, but also he understands this game and knows how this thing is played, at least the television side of this game. And I think that's what gives the big 12 a leg up is that they got the right guy. Like, I think it's pretty, I mean, what the future is for the league. I'm not hundred percent sure. But at least in the short term, right now, they've been winning for at least a year plus now, and it's because they got the right guy in charge. And I think other schools out West can actually see a vision with the guy in charge and, and should kind of recognize that. Yeah, well, I mean, what's the vision with George Klievkov right now? No idea. None. Pretty clear what the vision is with Brett Yormark. And, yeah, it's it's just glaringly clear that he was the perfect hire. It was a great hire for what the league needed. And yes, he, he is very different, man. I mean, I remember watching him show up to like all the different campuses on the campus tour. Like I can, like K-State fans, I remember kind of cracking some jokes about it. It's like, you know, Gene Taylor is very much a, and I, I love Gene Taylor, one of my favorite, favorite people out there. Great, great dude. But he's very much like a, hey, he's in the K-State polo every day. Well, Brett Yormark shows up on campus, and I think it was like last summer. It's like a hot Kansas day, and he's in like the full-on like wool suit. You know, I mean, just totally different vibes, totally different vibes. But the Big 12 freaking needed it, man. They needed that. They needed to go outside of the sphere of just – and Bob Bowlesby, by the way, deserves a lot of credit in this moment for what he did at the end of the Big 12. I don't really even blame him that much for the Texas-Oklahoma thing. I think he was better than people give him It was inevitable. For. It was inevitable. But, but you needed somebody who was not going to be the – career administrator and thinking like that, like what Bob Bowlesby was. The Big 12 recognized that. They had enough humility to recognize that and welcome somebody in who was so different. Um, and that has just been a, a wonderful, wonderful decision that is going to benefit all these schools tenfold. I mean, hopefully for a very long time. I think, you know, honestly, like one of the things here is I start to wonder like, oh boy, how long are they going to be able to keep your mark? You know yeah, I mean? That's, that's the next question. Right? That's one of the questions that's going to come up here because he is doing a very good job. And especially if this goes into grabbing more schools in the Pac-12, uh, it'll be, it'll be very, very good. But yeah, I mean, the big 12 needed the guy who was going to be the anti, you know, all the jokes about truck stop conference and all that stuff. I mean, 
you needed somebody who was not just going to be like Midwest nice. You needed somebody who was going to throw out the press release that says they're back and that's it. And just makes power moves like that. Like that is what this league needed to inject life into it. And I think now everybody absolutely 100% sees that. Yeah. And so like, I, you know, I was, I was, I live in Arkansas and I worked for a radio station when we were at SEC media days and uh, by all accounts, like it looked like Greg Sankey had one or two people with him, you know, around as he went around. Brett Yormark had like the brain trust walking around with him it was like four or five people john at media day who were around him and you know i he's very very i think concerned about making sure everything looks good everything looks correct he was uh he went on 365 sports and i think it was very smart to be like i'm going on here with mac Rhodes. it's all coordinated it's all very thought out and and like the no podium once again i go back to this a lot but the no podium thing was a that's a choice all this is not some willy-nilly type situation. All of this stuff is a choice. The information they leak is a choice. Everything's a choice. I think that's why it looks so organized. And that's what brings up the question. Well, you bring up two questions here. And I'm not sure. I was texting somebody last night and I was like, they're going to have a tough time holding on to this guy. I yep. mean, if you are an organization, um, you know, let's just, I forget who runs NASCAR now, but let's just say whoever runs NASCAR wants to leave. Brett, your marks, the guy who I promise you, I promise you would be the top of their list. Uh, just take your pick of any maybe even pro sports league. If, if something were to happen to one of those commissioners, whatever, they would look at a Brett Yormark as a guy because of what he has done. So that's number one. But let's just assume he's going to be commissioner for a while. We hope so. Uh, what's next for the league, right? I saw Brett McMurphy's report today where he had mentioned they want to add one to three schools and make sure they are there by 2024. Very smart move. Also, I think a lot of us out there, we like even numbers. I like even numbers. So to me, I saw they might consider G5 schools. I'm not even thinking that way right now. I'm not even thinking. I mean, I know they have to. The planning is what makes them so good. But it needs to be another Pac-12 school. You need to complete it. You need to make sure that you hammer up because their patience paid off. They stayed on Colorado. They stayed on Arizona. It's paid dividends right now. Strike while the iron is hot. Go for another Pac-12 school. Doesn't matter who it is at this point, but I would at least take two because the big value in all of this is destabilizing another competitor in the television space, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. So I I was just getting caught up on as I was uh, driving home from work, the Brett McMurphy tweet, because I had not seen it until I was like in my car on the way home. And I, I, I cringed a little bit when I first saw it just because I saw like you and LB <laughs> well and it's and just the the group of five thing and look I understand yeah. UConn I kind of fair or not I, I almost put UConn in like an in-between category um because of fair where enough. the basketball program is at like they're sort of in between the power five and group of five to me so the Memphis San Diego State and UNLV and, and by the way like I San Diego State, I feel terrible for. They've been screwed over by Klyevkov's ineptitude and all of this. Uh, I think they definitely deserve a shot uh, at the Power 5 level. I mean, look, nothing against Memphis and UNLV. Just does absolutely Zippo zero for me. I don't even – I just – I don't like – with the momentum that you have right now, everybody on the ropes there, people buying into this thing, believing in in your mark, I don't like those names even being included in the tweet. I'm just like – I agree. gotten to McMurphy and been like, hey, can we not – put those names actually out there in the tweet at UConn. We get it. Like that's been, I think it, everybody understands Brett Yormark really likes them. If somebody else from the PAC 12 is not going to work out, 
but leave those schools out of it. You've got Colorado now. You just pulled in the Power 5 school. Go for the kill shot. Like, we're talking about smoke on Washington, man. We don't – Memphis does not bowl, need to belong in this conversation right now. Um, so th- there was a part of me that was like, uh, okay. I mean, I, I don't love the idea of thinking, okay, if somehow we strike out on all these Pac-12 options and the rest of the league completely puts their foot down on UConn, which I think it is highly, highly unlikely that we would ever get to that point – but if we did, I don't love the idea of thinking, well, we would add another group of five school just to add one to get to that number, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, somewhat, I don't see the case for Memphis at all. I mean, and I, I, I know that I've made Memphis fans mad with that before, but I just, I don't see it at all. I don't understand. Um, I mean, UNLV, like, I guess I get because of Vegas to an extent, Vegas. but I really, it just does nothing for me. Both of those do absolutely zero for me. So I think well, this is where the ADs check Brett Yormark, right? The president, it's like, look, we know you love the idea of Vegas and then UConn kind of gets you New York, but like, that's not, that doesn't do it for us. Yeah. I mean, UConn, again, I, I think it's a more, because of what market it is, even if you're getting some little tiny portion of it, because it's in ESPN's backyard because they have a championship caliber basketball program. I understand how that's a little bit more of a compelling case, but I'm still not totally sold on it, to be honest myself. So anyway, having said all of that, there is a lot of positive here. And that is that now you can start to, I think, really put the pressure on like Arizona. Like I I think it was Ross Dellinger who had the detail. Maybe it was McMurphy. I get it all confused. There's been so many reports, but someone had the detail that the big 12 basically put like an August 1st deadline on Colorado. Like, Hey, your mark said like we, we really need an answer by august 1st right well, well now i mean arizona continues to say and robbins the the president there publicly said it yesterday like we're we still intend to wait to see what the figures of the deal are going to be and arizona's been trying to be patient there but now you can create some urgency you're like look everybody knows you, you don't have to go far to realize that like we'll offer this thing to yukon if you guys aren't going to take it and right. and and how do how do you feel about the plan that your boy george is putting together right now how do you feel about this TV deal that couldn't get done already, now trying to get it done with losing Colorado. And say what you will about them not bringing that much value. I, okay, fine, even if we're going to say that. But now you got TV networks being like, well, what justification do we have for giving you some kind of a sweetheart deal that's going to work? You guys need this desperately. You need this badly. Right. You're down bad right now. They do not have leverage. So how good do you feel about that getting done? And even if somehow it does and it's somewhat uh, in the ballpark of what you want, then what about Oregon and Washington now? You know, and Big Ten flirtation. I mean, that's another thing to monitor, too, is what Tony Petiti is going to do now that they first blood has been drawn on the Pac-12 by somebody else. It would, the blood would not really be on. The yeah, I, I was going to ask you, but that's really, you know, I know we have to go here. I mean, we have to consider that as that. Look, they, the, the Big Ten could scoop them at a serious discount. Right. I mean, yeah. it is it, that that's kind of my thought is, look, I would love and I've always said this. I would love for the Big 12 to get those schools. That would be, if you want to mention the heist of the century, that would be the heist of the century if Brett Yormark had created an environment in which those two schools wanted to join the Big 12. There's no doubt about that. I think there is a chance that the Big 10 could get those schools at a significant discount at this point, and it's something they need to seriously, seriously explore with all of their TV partners. I'm still skeptical it happens, but if you're if you're the Big 12, those schools plus Arizona, I think those three are your serious, serious focus right now. That it has to be the focus, and you have to like now is the time. And I, I have no doubt Brett Yormark's doing this, but now is yes. the time to apply pressure because the ground is shaky. 
We're in the aftermath of the earthquake. Like things are still, everybody's still a little bit shaken up, trying to get their bearings. You don't want to let this thing settle. I mean, the quicker, the better on all of this before people can kind of settle down. Whatever kind of plan George Clea, which again, I clearly I don't have much faith in him putting together a, a real competent plan at this point, but he still has a chance to the, the more time you give him. So you you come after you say, Arizona, look, Washington's listening to us a little bit. Oregon's not a hard no right now. Uh, you know, will UConn's the backup plan that I freaking love, and I will find a way to use the capital that I've gained in grabbing Colorado to get our people on board at UConn. You can get on this, have a safe place, uh, have a, a conference that you're at least somewhat open to, make sure that you're making the kind of money that you need to make. You can take this seat on the lifeboat or you can wait it out. Um, and we kind of, I mean, I think most of us realize where it's probably headed in the Pac 12 right now. I would think that's going to be pretty enticing, but you start applying pressure there and then you hope. I would say lock down Arizona and then you hope that Washington comes around and says, because the thing on Washington, and I was going to go pull this up before I do my show tonight. I mean, there was that article in the Seattle Times. Um, it's, it's the Times, right? Whatever the main paper is in Seattle. Yeah, is. There was the article in the Seattle Times like a month ago. There was there was an article about Washington State's financial struggles, which have been very well documented. But well, Washington is having them too. Like Washington is really in a tough spot, like athletically, financially right now too, even with the football season that they had last year. I think that's a part of this. Like not only are they seeing the vision crumbling in front of them with, with Klyevkov and have to be questioning their leadership, but also like we need a stable, like second tier college athletics income right now, because the, the finances are a bit of a problem. So it's easy to see why there would be somewhat of a case there. And you just, you nail that down, man. Your Mark's got to continue working on that. That's where I want it to go because I just, I, I don't, again, back to the McMurphy tweet. I don't want to see it get down to the list where you're down the list where you're having to say, all right, well, no one wants UConn. We, we can't yeah. sell everybody on UConn. And now we got to worry about the like third tier of options. I don't, I don't love that. Strike while the iron is hot. All right, John, I know you're going live tonight. So tell the folks where they can find you and all of your work and its wonderful variety. Yes. No, I appreciate it. Just uh, John Kurtz on YouTube. Just the name that you see up there. Just search that going live at about eight o'clock tonight, uh, eight o'clock central tonight. Um, and typically live Wednesday, Sunday, but man, with everything going on right now, we'll see. It's just going to kind of be play it by ear with, uh, with what's going on in the news. You can follow me on Twitter. It's JL Kurtz. Um, if you're a K-State fan, I've got the, the three mob podcast, three MAW, uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Well done, John, because now we have to list all the time zones as we incorporate more people <laughs> into the family. We've well, got the multiple East coast. We've got the centrals. We've got multiple mountain times. We're all over the place now, aren't we? You're right. I've got to give credit to it was the BYU fans who really clued me in on that at first, where I, there were enough of them that were in a different time zone that for a while were like, hey, I'd really appreciate it. And they were very nice about it because they're, they're so nice. nice. They're so but they were like, hey, I'd appreciate it. Like if you could say central time, because that throws me off sometimes. I was like, touche. I'm, I'm <laughs> new to this, new to having uh, conference mates that are outside of the, the time zone outside of West Virginia on Eastern time. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, thank you, John. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care, Josh.